I mean, you're never gonna fix it. You can't start and fucked. This job's insane. Uh, that's probably why I like it so much. Delicious or impressive? Delicious is impressive. This is me winning. It's good. It's rad, chef. Thank you. Food's here, kitties. Welcome to the Bear Brigade, presented by Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. I'm Magna Mills, and I'm here with the Soup Deucer to talk about season two of The Bear from FX and Hulu. Uh, how you doing tonight, Soup? What's uh, popping over in your kitchen? Stoked to talk about The Bear, man. Been looking forward to this for a hot minute, and uh, we'll get into that here shortly. I am celebrating and drinking a little bit of fucking red wine tonight, a little Cabernet, and it's a fucking good one, man, because when I drink the Cabernet, for an occasion, I drink the Claude Dubois. I love the Claude Dubois, man. It's a good fucking wine, dude. But I have a personal relationship with this shit because it reminds me of a restaurant I used to, one of the early ones, man, one of the early ones. Here, let me top this off real quick while I finish this fucking quick story. The earlier restaurants I used to work in, man, um, the house wine was Claude Dubois. This is back when I was in a transitional period. You know, I was a young creative bartender back then, and I was getting interested in uh, in, in more of the food aspect of things. And uh, this was the place that did it to me. Everybody, I think, has that one person uh, and the head chef there back in the day was that one person who I always remember that I think pretty much anybody that does what I do has the one person they always remember that showed them, you know, the love for it, the passion for it or open that door, you know, and uh, and that's where that happened. So I'll always remember that. And the owner of the place used to sit at the bar and drink the Claude de Bois every night. So I used to st- sit and drink some Claude de Bois as well. And it became my fucking house wine as well, even at the house. So uh so uh, it's a it's a memorable thing, and uh, and here we are drinking some Claude de tonight on a memorable fucking occasion. So uh, cheers, cheers. Let's go blow this guy away. Blow this guy away. Whatever. Thanks again for checking out the Bear Brigade, presented by Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. You can find us wherever you get your pods, and on YouTube. Or on social media at Dudes Watch Stuff. Please don't forget the flaps. Need you to follow, like, and please subscribe. That helps other people find our channel, find our show. We really appreciate it. Please and thank you. And here's the deal. I am literally the regular dude here. While the soup deucer, as you might have determined from what he just said, he's a veteran of many kitchens, eating establishments, that kind of thing. So he's going to kind of be our inside man here. Uh, Soup, tell him what we're doing on this episode of The Bear Brigade. Right now, we're going to talk about a quick overview of all season two, what we thought about it, man, just a basic fucking whatnot, you know, just to get our lips wet, you know, and then eventually we're going to be following up with uh, with us a little fucking mini breakdowns, more detail. That's where the good shit will be, but this is good shit too. So we're going to start... With, uh, you know, I mean, you want to call it an hors d'oeuvre, but it probably isn't. This is more of like a, uh, I don't know. The snack you get while you're in line still. You almost want, I almost want it to be a charcuterie board, but it can't be. <laughs> don't make me say charcuterie. It's like shrubbery. And uh, just a heads up, because this is going to be kind of our overall thoughts on season two. So we will be spoiling everything for season two here that could also include podcast interviews anything like that so this is it this is your first and final warning all right man uh, we're not going to like grade the season or anything like that but i think we do kind of just need to give our overall thoughts on season two so kind of give me a did you like it did you love it and how do you think it compared to the first season 
just a general fucking overview here, man. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I loved it, man. It was, it was good. Um, I did have my concerns going into it just cause you know, I mean, the teasers and the trailers, it's like, oh, it could be interesting or it could be completely fucked, you know? And, uh, you know, the whole thing about like dropping all the episodes at once and all that, I'm sure, you know, we'll get into, we'll get into that detail later. So I did have my doubts going into it, but I was, I was very happy with the outcome. Um, I think it, I think season one set the bar very, very high and, uh, season two definitely, uh, reached that. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing more of this. I will co-sign with that hundred over a hundred. I absolutely loved it. And I think this show really, it, it took it to another level at the, the end of season one And here. It kind of maintains that in the first half and man, you know, from a uh, fishes on, especially, or even from Honeydew on from the Marcus episode from episode four, this season just absolutely kicks ass, just ends on another just absolute heater. And I think that, you know, especially in the second half year, this quality is high enough that if you put it on at nine, 10 o'clock on Sunday night at HBO, nobody would blink. Nobody would be like, oh, this doesn't belong. They would just be like, this is this new awesome HBO show. You know, that's probably the only thing it doesn't have is the sheen of coming from one of the, the premier brands or whatever. But to be perfectly honest, I, I trust FX a lot. Dude, FX has had some good shows that have definitely pushed. Oh, a I'm a big of- fan of FX, dude. Big I fan. Mean, I'm, they just don't have the, the HBO, you know what I mean? That kind of prestige. Yeah, yeah, right. But you know what? I also like the fact that, hey, man, you know what? Jeremy Allen White there, he was, you know, we all know he was he was lip and shameless, which was a big time Showtime show, man. I mean, it was popular and a good show. So he came off a really big one, and now this has the potential to be another really big one. And who gives a fuck what network it's on? I think it's cool that it's on fucking FX and Hulu instead of, uh, you know, not not anything against HBO or whatever. You know, HBO has always been my favorite, but you know, I think it's cool. So, oh yeah, it, hey, but, you know, if you got to open your restaurant and fucking, uh, you know, whatever, whatever neighborhood to make it work, make it fucking work, dude. <laughs> no, I definitely agree with that. I just think more people probably would have given it more instant credibility had it been on HBO. That's all I'm really saying, because there's some people who will just sure. instantly like that's all I'm saying more from a standpoint. It might have gotten bigger, faster or something like that. It's, you know, because it's been pretty critically acclaimed all the way through. It would almost go against the grain of the show, though, man. Yeah, right. You like it being a little kind of scrappy underdog, <laughs> even though they're trying to open, you know, the place. And I think that's probably the main difference between season one and two is season one was about kind of running a restaurant. And season two is about opening a restaurant or building a restaurant, you know, whatever you want to call it, because uh, it was a full gut. That was not a facelift in any way, shape or form. Uh, that was definitely <laughs> a full gut. Got to say, uh, yeah, fat fact was right on that one. I got to say some, some fat facts <laughs> right there. And uh, yeah. I think I probably know the answer to this one, but I want to ask, uh, do you think the show should have released new episodes each week? Or did you kind of like the binge model where they, they drop them all at once or, you know, any thoughts? No, on that? I don't. Um, you know, I mean, you like a show like this for the suspense. And if you're watching it in, in real time, then, uh, you know, then it's cool to, to be like, oh, I can't wait to see what happens next rather than just having it all there at once. Now, don't get me wrong. That's fucking cool, too. But for a show like this, first time go around as it's coming out, I think I think it, that week wait is 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 kind of fucking. It'll be fun, you know. I mean, that's me being an old guy, I guess, because I remember that's how you used to have to watch fucking TV. There was no fucking just stream the whole fucking series and shit, you know. But I'm not here for that right now. <laughs> I will say that I'm torn because I like being able to watch them all because you want to, you know. But it's also like, ah, uh, man, you know, on Christmas. 
this morning, do you want to open all your presents Christmas Eve or do you want to save some for, yeah, I don't know. What the fuck, man? You know, I mean, it's nice to have a little suspense and space it out a little bit. So, yeah, I think that's what you mentioned, like the Amazon model drop three the first week and they go weekly after or something like that. That's kind of the way they've uh, split the baby a little bit in years past, uh, at least on a couple other streaming services, too. I would definitely be a fan of the weekly releases here because I think this show could support it. I think there's enough here to talk about that people would enjoy kind of breaking it down, have a little bit of speculation kind of. And it's just the fact that I think it would give some of these episodes episodes room to breathe. Like, man, after you watch Fishes, it's almost not fair to Forks that it comes right after that and throws you kind of right back in. It would have helped a lot to have a week after that one, especially. Just to kind of yeah, take that one. I mean, just think about it. It's too. a double episode as it is. You know what yeah. I mean? That one. So I think there's definitely something to be said for the weekly model. And it wouldn't surprise me next year if maybe they do go to that. They already do it with most of the other FX shows. Dude, they could have half and half day and maybe like, boom, after pork or after fucking the fishes, a week off and then the rest of it, you know? Yeah, that cool. would have that. Like, I mean, they do it now with like kind of the little mini breaks and everything like that. They you know release a half a season or whatever. So, I mean, if they went to that next year, I'm assuming you'd probably be cool with it, right? You know, I mean, the the important thing is here. Hopefully, they have another season. I'm pretty confident that. Oh, if they don't first... get one from there, it'll get picked up by somebody else. <laughs> There's no goddamn way because think about it too. I mean, they you could tell they spent some money this year. And it showed on screen with some of the location shots, the establishing establishing yeah. shots of Chicago. Like it, the money they spent on the soundtrack, it's definitely out there. But there's not a lot of huge actors drawing a ton of money or whatever. I, I don't think it's that expensive of a show to make. So I would be absolutely shocked if this is an odd. It, there's no way oh, someone yeah. else would pick this up in a in a heartbeat. It's a proven commodity. It's the biggest, you know, at least one of the biggest shows Hulu has ever had. There's no way like i i almost expected to be picked up for multiple seasons it wouldn't surprise me if i sometimes with these shows i've picked up what we do in the shadows for three really wouldn't surprise me to see him get a three season order and then at that point they can decide if that's it or if they want to go past five now my you know we discussed this on uh on our other before this episode or our previous one of these man yeah, our preview yeah but i, I would but I, you know i'm gonna stick with my i think they get eight to ten seasons here man you know all day and i think it's a ten worthy fucking show you know oh there's a lot there because you got good characters you can split them off into a bunch of different places you know you don't have to have everyone in every episode and we saw some of that in the this season what do you think about the jump from eight episodes to ten did one feel a little tighter with the eight did you like the extra the ten you know what do you think they should stick with going forward no you know what i like it and they're designing this like a menu they even fucking named every episode after you know uh some kind of yeah and uh and uh and they're designing it like it like season one was hey here's first course whatever the fuck it is season two now here's another and that's the way some menus are designed they're just like here's this here's this here's this and it all builds to something else you know and then uh and then there's uh, gonna be an ultimate climax a plateau then a climax then a fucking finish off is there kind of thing you know so if that's what they're going for I'm, uh, I'm totally on board for that, you know, and it looks like going into it, that's kind of what they're doing. And I like that getting into it like that. So yeah, it tends a nice round number two. Again, I think that's what most of the FX shows do these days. So wouldn't surprise me if that's the, uh, the number generally going forward, unless they do a split season or something like that. Maybe a little, uh, you know, tack on what's a bear Christmas special look like. I kind of want a bear Christmas special. I think that would be a, a fun one in a, you know, again, on our preview, uh, join here our preview episode we did have a few worries about the show kind of 
you know, dipping more into some of the personal relationships, even the romantic relationships. And they definitely did that, you know, most notably with Tarm, but also with the other characters. You think they did a good job of kind of balancing these new personal relationships with the previous work relationships that we really kind of grew to love in season one? You know what? Yes. And I was concerned about that, but I do think that they did an excellent job with that transition, man, you know, and, uh, you know, another thing is, and I'm, and we're going to get into this too, is, is even the episodes, like now there's, you know, there, there's a Richie episode, there's a fucking Marcus episode, you know, and the, and people are going to know him as that, you know, so, so the branching out and, and diving deeper into, into the individual characters is definitely very, very cool. That says longevity in the show right there, you know? Yeah. They got a deep bench. And I think that's really cool. Like even Marcus, it wasn't a relationship, but we got his, you know, relationship with his mom fleshed out. Well, that's how the whole thing starts. The first right. thing, you know. Yeah, the whole season opens with that and it closes with him getting a text, you know, from the nurse. You know, just as he's kind of at his high moment, you know, it's the what he's the moment he's been kind of dreading, you know, that he talks about. We could almost we could almost say this might be the Marcus season. You know, it was. Oh, he's great, dude. He's just back to him. You know, like yeah, I love just he's again just such great energy, right? You see him early in the season. uh, Sid gives him all those books, and he just goes, he rips through them, and he's like, "Oh, I'm done. I did all that. I need more inspiration." Just like already, you know, he's just that dude, man. He's got the wants to do it. Yeah, yeah. When he's doing the Stodgen thing in in four over there in Copenhagen, like he's just he's all about learning. Like he always asks questions. You know what I mean? Like. There really is, you know, no such thing as a dumb question for the most part, but some people hesitate and he's trying to get better. So he asks questions. Sounds stupid, but you that's know, how you, that's how you have to do it. If you want to be any good at, at, at this or many, many, many things in life, you have to kind of have that mentality, you know? So. Yeah. And I mean, the big one is Tom, you know, kind of having the relationship with Claire and I thought they did a good job with it. I thought Claire was kind of good for him. Really? Yeah. I was really worried about that. I thought that would definitely be a, you know, uh, now we're going to have a, too much drama in this <laughs> shit but it, di- it didn't really um yet so yeah yeah she didn't seem like she was holding him back in any way you know what i mean she wasn't there being like oh you need to spend more time with me and less time at work or anything like that you know he the whole point was he was trying to find happiness or whatever he seemed you know why this might her. actually yeah this might actually work out because she has a job that it has uh you know strenuous hours yeah 100 of, hours on two hours off yeah you know i mean it's saying is it's it's uh you know, fucking uh, same ocean, different boat kind of thing. You know, very, very intense fucking job. Not a lot of time for anything else. So she might under, they might understand each other enough to make that relationship work, you know, so. Yeah, they have some common ground, definitely. And another thing we talked about in the season two preview was kind of how much action we were going to get in terms of being in the kitchen, seeing restaurant in action, that kind of thing. How do you think they did with that? Did, did you get enough or did the season kind of leave you wanting more? Although it probably should leave you wanting more, right? I always want more of that. Um, that's, 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 that, I mean, that's, <laughs> yes, I'm always going to want more of that. I was, uh, I would have liked to have seen more in the season, um, but for what they did, I think leveled out enough to where it was okay because the, the, the shit that, that, that involved any kind of food preparation cooking or plating or whatever was very good and uh if it wasn't a whole lot of it you know especially in the earlier part but it was it was sprinkled in man you just have to be you know i don't know you just have to be looking for it i guess but uh or it was it wasn't just in small moments that maybe people thought was irrelevant in the beginning but isn't you know like even 
like when when Sydney's going to these restaurants, man, she's I love that, that her taste of Chicago tour, that, basically. Yeah, it's that fucking empty plate, and she just keeps seeing flashes, real quick flashes, different various random like you know pastas or Looking whatever. Looking for something. her inspiration, yeah, trying, trying to, to figure out that trying to, trying to make that dish, dude. You know, uh, things like that. I Great visual were, on that too, with just the black um, plate on the black background, like when it's yes, blank, and yes, then well, she keeps plating, trying to. People always eat with their eyes first. Early, early on, man, plating is crucial. So trying to figure out that plate, man, like that, they depicted that very well, you know, and, and same with Carm with his, uh, with his fucking Iron Man fucking expo board over there and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, right. no, dude, you know, I mean, I, I'd love the whole, uh, the whole trying to get the menu together thing and how they get, you know, fucking up their food and everything else. And like, oh man, what's a lot of fucking up on the food early in the season, up, But dude, you know what? It's like, that's how you learn. Like you learn, but, and even the guy over there in London was like, hell, oh, you know I mean? It was like, uh, Marcus asked him how he got so good at it. And he was like, I fucked up a lot. Made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. A lot of mistakes, right. And that's true. You know I mean? That's, you learn from mistakes, you know? Um, and very, very true. Very, very true. Now, if you keep making the same mistake, that's the, when you're just a fuck up. So. <laughs> I love the the back end of that conversation because then Mark, Marcus is like, oh, so that's the key, just fuck it up. And he's like, oh, I don't know, maybe. And he's like, uh, so was it all worth it? And the uh, dude's like, I, I don't know, ask me tomorrow. And you get to feel like that's how it is every day for like a lot of these people in the kitchen, it feels like. Like, all right, yeah, ask yeah. me tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. That's very, very, very good. That everything <laughs> with Richie and Forks, I liked how basically it was almost like a like pledging a fraternity or something like he got sucked in kind of like you know whether it's drinking the kool-aid or whatever he didn't get it right he couldn't find his purpose at the beginning of season one Carm even pointed out to the chef there he said he's a people person and you see that here and he does like to please people and then by the end kind of you know when he gets that moment in the finale when he gets up and the animal plays and go and just like i thought that was the way they did everything with that in the finale i thought it was just absolutely i mean he wears suits now you know yeah it's his armor dude <laughs> yeah, I loved his arc overall, and that you know, again, the sound design in the finale when the music and everything would change the ambience when he went from the kitchen to the front and back again. That was always like entering like a fucking uh, you know uh, an airlock or something like that when you're going out of a fucking submarine or on you know onto the fucking out of the moon base or something. You're getting fucking the shot fucking in there. Like the sound design on the finale was fucking incredible. I thought, and then how Carm's got to hear it. He's in the fucking freezer and everything, and all the yelling through the freezer and. You know, man, like they, it's, that's right up there, you know, might have even topped last year's finale. And I didn't know if that was going to be possible. So, yeah, I thought that was all great. You know, it kind of leads I into think that. We need to, yeah, I think I think we need to figure out if, uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, when, we, when we get to that, we'll, we'll definitely go ahead and figure out if one uh, one or the other is better of a finale or if they're equaled out or, or if i think that'd be kind of interesting for us to maybe break yeah because those are both really a, a top tier for me you know kind of on the same train of thought here we only really got one episode of the bear actually being open and even that was kind of the soft open with family and friends you know we kind of talked about that on the preview were you cool with the way it worked out or do you still wish they had maybe opened a little bit earlier in the season I, I going into it, I w would have wanted them to open a little bit earlier in the season. But after watching it, the way it the way it worked out, man, I think it. Uh, I I'm totally fine with it. You know, I think it made it more realistic. Really, you know, you can't just up and open a fucking restaurant, man. You well, know? to think so, about the uh, the way the progression at the end <laughs> is because you get Richie's kind of big, you know, 
self-realization at the end of Forks and he's singing the Taylor Swift. At the end of eight, they pass the test and the you know the joint, the glove does the balloon doesn't blow up and they get to open. And then at the end of nine, uh, City just says let it rip and they open the door and then cut to the credits. Like that was a really great progression. Absolutely. Like all the way, those like, you know, there's no way you know you go back to the binge bottle. There's no way you were going to stop and like read some analysis or something. You're going to the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fuck no, dude, man. Matter of fact, the first time I I went through that, I uh, yeah, I was in the same position, but it was also like super, super, super late in the early in the morning hours, and I was tired, and I was so I was like on the verge of sleep, and I and I couldn't stop, and I watched it, and of course I fell asleep like you know the first few minutes into it, so I had to circle back around to it and check it out the next day and everything else. But uh, but yeah, it's not one you're just gonna skip over and be like, no, nah, I'm set. I wait on that one, man. Yeah, it, it builds it really well, and I think it would work, you know, just as well as with as a weekly release as it did as a binge. And you know, additionally, kind of the personal relationship stuff, we got some more backstory here on a fair amount of the characters, actually, you know, especially Carm, his family life. That more or less a whole episode. We get more on Richie's relationship with his ex, with his daughter. We find out about you know Sid's mom, how her catering business failed. Uh, how do you feel about it? You think we got like the right amount of backstory, so there's still some left. You know, did they did they underdo it? Do you want more? You know, how do you think they kind of dialed in that balance? I think it was the perfect amount, man. Um, perfect amount of herbs and spices on that, dude. You definitely wanted some of it, and I like the individual episodes. You know, focusing on certain characters or whatever, man. I thought that was a really good way to uh, to play out. You know, some of the meat of the season there in the middle there, man. And it worked out really well, dude. And it definitely dove into into some of these characters and their own personal lives and everything else, which I think is needed for the longevity of a show. And this show definitely has that, man. So, uh, you know, moving forward, it, it's a little bit, it's like a sprinkle here and there, man. You don't want to blow your whole wad on, uh, you know, now you know everything. So there's plenty of room to grow. And, uh, you know, I think it was, a, yeah, I think it was a perfect amount of fucking backstories. I pretty much agree with you. I hate to kind of just be like, oh, that's exactly what I think. But it, it really is. And I think some of it was important, like understanding the stuff about Sid. You know, you always kind of wonder why she just came in and just was like, all right, I want to pair up with Carmen. You know, she respected him and everything. But, you know, the idea that she sees this maybe as her last chance, you know, makes a lot of sense. And, you know, she probably in the back of yeah, her head, she lost her mom. You know, she always has this kind of sense of impending doom. So I think it really helps, you know, you understand why her character is the way she, you know, she is and the decision she makes on that kind of thing. Same thing with Richie. Even in that, there's more you want to learn about some of this shit too, though, you know? So all of them leave you like, oh, I still want more of a, you know, a so-and-so's back from, you know, a side story here from before, you know, the fucking... Yeah, I don't even know if we know exactly why, like, uh, you know, Richie and Carl call each other cousin. I don't know if we know specifically why, you know what I mean? There's probably something... I think there's definitely still stuff there that they... Well, they're not really you know, good. But you know how that well, no, works. But like how but we don't know exactly how that works, right? You know what I mean? Because I don't think we, you know, again, we haven't seen anything of Karim's father. So it depends on how not far back they want to go. Not a lot of Richie backstory either, man. So well, I mean, we got a fair amount in fishes though, because then we meet his ex-wife. I love Jillian Jacobs. And uh, we hear her again and we meet his daughter. Remember, he's getting her out of the car seat and they're talking. Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm about talking about his family. I'm talking about his family. Oh, ties. right. Yeah. And that's something I would like to get more. I'd like to get like a flashback to when they were younger, younger, kind of. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like, we you know, you'd have to cast new actors, but I'd be interested to see them when they were, you know, 10 young teenagers, that kind of age. Because I think they'd have to do that. And given what they did this season, I, I totally think the show would do it. 
you know, they're the kind of show that would have no problem, you know, having an episode in the middle of the season that features none of their main cast kind of deal is what it would come down to, but they could pull it off. I really think they could. And speaking of that, we got some surprise guest stars in season two, uh, a lot of them in Fishes. You know, obviously we know about Bob Odenkirk, but I have to say I was pretty goddamn shocked when uh, it's like, is that Jamie Lee Curtis? Dude, Jamie Lee Curtis. Holy fuck. The perfect matriarch of the fucking family, dude. Perfect. Killed it, dude. Killed it. What a fucking performance, man. <laughs> the way she gradually breaks down throughout that episode and then just her kind of maniacally laughing is when she fucking drops the car through the outs. I mean, it's fucking wild. Dude. Right after the right as the fork fight is coming to a climax, that was just that was intense. That was like as intense as being in the kitchen in like episode uh, seven of last year or whatever. Well, yeah, yes, yeah. The tension was, was just building and building very, the whole time. The whole where Odenkirk's just yelling at John Barenthal, like yelling at Mikey, like, come on, throw it, dude. Throw it, throw it, throw it. Very, you very see Mikey just like, episode. you know, Mikey's all hopped up on shit too and everything. So, you very know, episode on lots of levels, man. I mean, and, and that episode really catapulted this fucking show into a different perspective, really, man. It's basically a prequel movie. Like, you could watch that before you watch an episode of the show, in theory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you would spoil it, like, you don't, you you know who Mikey is and stuff like that, but it's not going to really, like, ruin the show for you. You don't know anything about the future. Yeah, that being said, how do you feel about the Mikey uh, locker opening scene, man? I was surprised it was just a hat, but, yeah, I like the idea that, you, you know, they, it was just a hat with a positive memory. You get the idea that maybe... You know, he knew what was he was going to do, so he cleaned it up and left that for them. That's kind of like a nice touch, like he did with the envelope, kind of. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, how and I read it. That that was the I deliberate. Like that gave the hat to Richie, man, and you know, and that's something also with the with the jacket and with the knife. The, things like that do happen. I mean, getting gift in kitchen world, man, or restaurant world at all. Is it, it is family, very, very much a family. And, uh, when Richie sends Jimmy that fucking chocolate covered banana, that got me a little. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he kind of picked that up and he remembered that. Like, this show did so good with callbacks. There's so much shit that's seeded in the first couple episodes that comes back. Well, even the forks, how much shit with forks is there? It comes up early. There's not going to be enough forks. You have the fork fight in fishes. There's a whole episode about Richie polishing forks, and then they run out of forks in the finale. And she's like, when do I talk to you about the spoons? <laughs> in the fridge guy, there's so much, like, so many runners about the fridge guy. All these times you cut to Carm's list and you see right at the top, fridge guy. Yes, yes. It, it keeps coming. Yeah, you know what I mean? They just the they seed it in your head. The the Mike Krzyzewski thing. Uh, everybody knows who he is except Sydney. Even Carm, like people who know nothing about story, they're like, oh, we know, we Coach K, right? We know Coach K. You know, I know who he is. I don't follow college basketball. Right, but everyone, he's one of those dudes, right? It's like uh, Chef Luca giving uh, Marcus shit like, oh, yeah, I don't know Michael Jordan. He's like, oh, shit, you know who Michael Jordan is. Right, yeah. And we got him in London, you know. So I thought uh, there's so, it was just such a well-written, I mean, the stuff with the handle, the stuff with the, uh, you know, I'm using not my words, but the Jewish lightning, how that comes back around in the end. Like that moment when Fat figures it out is just, it's just gold. And I'm like, damn it, how did I not figure that out ahead of time? I'm usually good with shit like that. <laughs> of course, that makes 100%. You know what I mean? And that's great writing. They give you all the stuff. It's there. 
but you don't really put two and two together. Hell, I think actually in the first episode, they're showing family photos in the basement, like Richie's looking at them or something. And one of them is Jamie Lee fucking Curtis, or at least someone who looks exactly like her younger. And I was like, holy shit. They're just fucking with us. Well, when you go back, and I did the same thing when I went back and looked at it for like another time after I had known that, you know, and I I knew that there were a bunch of family pets. That's episode one, right? Right right there. And uh, and it's just a collage of fucking pictures and shit, you know, so. And then I went back through and was looking for that same picture. I thought I saw the time before and I couldn't fucking find it. So now I got to go back through again and see if it's there again, because otherwise I don't know. (laughs) There's a couple in there. The one I can explicitly, I thought, I wonder if they took that from an old movie or something because she's like holding a dog or whatever. And I was like, that has to be their mom. And it looks a hell of a lot like Jamie Lee Curtis. But, you know, you wouldn't, it's not on screen enough. You wouldn't have noticed it unless you were really going back again. Maybe something people would have caught on a weekly release. Where you have time and people start going in and zooming in and doing all that, you know, yeah, Game of Thrones, yeah. Westworld shit. Maybe it gets picked up there, but in this case, because of a binge, you know, you don't pick it up unless you're watching it a few times. And I love how much detail there is. A lot of detail, dude, uh, on a lot of levels, too, man. And uh, I, I think that's more or less, you know, uh, about it for the most part. We are going to cover kind of the individual episodes after this and we'll we'll probably after all that maybe break down our favorite stuff from season two maybe compare the finales that kind of thing so let's just kind of finish up by helping the people out a little bit so if you wanted to get somebody to start watching the bear what would you say to them like without you know spoiling major events and you know being real explicit about oh you need to see xx and x like what would you say just to get somebody excited to check out the bear well see here's why this is a difficult question because Am I talking to somebody that has no idea what it's like to ever work in a kitchen or restaurant? Or am I talking to people who are in the service industry? You know, so I think that question differs between the two. And I hate that because I don't like to fucking segregate like that. But <laughs> it really it really will make a difference on how you approach this. You know, I mean, well, because, you know, people there and it relates to that. So that's a little bit probably more impactful for you. Now, if, like- I, if I go totally just totally just straight fucking i have no idea all right so let me let me rephrase if i have nobody or no fucking knowledge of whatever and just do completely random hey i don't know if you're you know who you are but if you like tv if you like food if you like restaurants going to restaurants working in restaurants uh coffee shops fucking pizzerias a fucking uh you know bars even if you like going to the bar if you like any of that shit man check the show out and for nothing else man it is good fucking stories on all kinds of fucking different fucking platforms man um it's a good all-around show no matter what it just happens to take place in the setting of fucking people trying to open a restaurant and that just adds an element that is pretty fucking cool man so check it out maybe if you don't work in restaurants or never have might give you an insight on it if you do Hey man, something you might relate to. Yeah, and it's also something that no show has really done extremely well. I don't think that there's ever been a, you know, there's been shows that take place in restaurants and bars and that kind of thing, but not necessarily with that much of a focus, you know, on the back end or even on the nuts and bolts of it, that kind of thing. Definitely nuts and bolts. Yeah. I mean, the main thing I would say is that this show is, it feels fairly grounded. It's stressful, but it's like a fun stress. You generally get the payoff for the stress it looks great it sounds great it's well acted i think the most important thing are these are just characters that you become attached to really quickly 
None of them are the same. Yeah. They all feel like real three-dimensional people. They're all kind of flawed, but they're all on some level, they're trying. You know what I mean? Like you are, you know, in your real life, like you want to be like, life sucks. It's hard. You know, you're always waiting for that other shoe to drop. But these characters, they, they keep trying. Whether they succeed or not, they're trying. They're doing their best. And it, it, you just can't help but want to root for them. And it's very entertaining to do so. Yeah, dude, the character development in the show is phenomenal, man. Um, they do they do really good on that, especially not jamming any one of them all down your throat at once. You learn little bits here and there, and that's really fucking cool, man. Yeah, for me, that keeps me interested longer. You know, um, it's a good way to fucking. It's a good way to eat. It's a good way to dine, dude. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. I mean, there's a lot of potential here, you know, and. Uh, yeah, so for some reason you're watching this and you haven't watched the bear yet i hope that sold you <laughs> you've already been spoiled on everything but I, you know if that's not going to sell you i don't know what will uh, i think that more or less does it but I, I think it would be damn near criminal to not mention the music from the bear i shouted it out of touch but really loved the whole soundtrack in season one i think they kind of continued that heater in season two and so anything in particular about the music from season two I love it. I love the soundtrack. I love that it's like right there under the fucking, you know, these were fucking billboard hits, but it's still like songs you remember from like, you know, the probably mid late 90s era, you know, is, is their bread and butter right there. But I, I dig it, man. I dig it that it's all, they're not all fucking like super like number ones or number twos, but these are good fucking songs. You know, I, I, I like that they're diving a little bit deeper into the catalog on, on the soundtrack, man. Yeah, they definitely do some shouting out with the uh, local Chicago acts. They do, you know, tend to favor some. I, I know you to get a fair amount of REM, especially. They've even talked about they have a, a relationship with the show, their fans. They've used uh, footage from the Bear in, in one of their videos that they put together recently. Uh, County Crows definitely feel like they come up a few times. They've yeah. got Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder definitely pops up here and there. Right, they have they have these ones but they don't have like you know you're, it's right they don't go with the number one they don't go right. lead singles yeah. a lot they're using if not maybe total b-sides they're going with the third or fourth single yeah, or deeper yeah. cuts for the most part and i like that that's what i like yeah about. artists you know but not necessarily the most popular track from the you know i don't know if they use the most popular taylor swift track or not but you know they're flexing a little when they're paying for a taylor swift track what's that know, season three we're gonna get to some beatles tunes or something who knows hopefully um i'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. But uh yeah, fucking um the, the placement and progression and everything else of of where they're it's just very very well put together, man. And using these songs the way they do is, is fucking brilliant, man. It sets the I mean, it's important in any show or any whatever the fuck, you know, if you're watching something, the soundtrack's fucking important, man. It can make or break shit sometimes. They do very well in this one. Yeah, I still say that final, you know, moment where Sydney tells Richie go in the finale and then they drop Animal. I had no idea what they could have dropped there, but that was not what I would have gone with, but it was still kind of perfect. There's so many ways you could have gone there. I'm like, huh, you know what I mean? That's, I think, versus Pro Champ's second album. That might have been a single, but it wasn't the lead single or anything, if I remember right. No, it wasn't. That was, dude, I love that fucking Right, story. it was like the third or fourth track on the CD. I can even picture it and everything. But it's that one I hadn't heard in a while, but I was like, damn, because Richie's an animal, dude. It, it kind of just fits so well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And man. then it just kind of winds out because they have that. They basically do that final, like they have five minutes to get it all out or whatever. And they do that just about in real time as the song ticks down and everything. Just again, like the usage. It's not even the song selection as much as the way they use them, too. 
usage. Yes, exactly. Well put, dude. That's kind of what I was trying the placement, to placement. Yeah, the placement, really. You know, the, the needle dropishness of it all. And especially yeah, good with the intro and outro. <laughs> you know, for a show that doesn't have a set intro song or something like that, it could be a little tricky, and they always seem to nail it. They don't always use, don't you like know, a, that, a track, though. but they, yeah, yeah right. I, I'm fine with it. You know, they kind of have the basic of Bear Part 1, Part 2, just a real, you know, not even a set title card. There's other shows that have done it this way, but I think it's perfect for them. It lets it, you know, be whatever it needs to be. I agree, man. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm I, After watching the second season of this, man, I am a uh, bigger fan than I was after watching the first season of it, so... Yeah, no joke. This second season right now is right up there with my favorite seasons of television this entire year, especially that final five episode stretch. Is, I mean, it's it's up there with anything that anybody has done. I mean, maybe Succession is technically touch, you know, a touch better or something like that. But man, I love the whole season. But that second half, I mean, really from four on, it just sings. But especially from like six through ten, that's just fire. It's fire. They're cooking, man. They yeah, I don't. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. If you don't like that, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. You know, again, if, if you probably like it too. If you uh, made it this far, uh, I think that about wraps it up. Next up, we're going to start covering the episode. So we're going to start with the first three episodes of season two. Going to kind of do them in one little uh, extended episode or what have you, because you know this is where the the binge models a real pain in the ass, but we don't mind it because. As you can tell, we love the bear. Thanks again for checking us out. Remember, you can find us wherever you get your pods and on YouTube. Just search for The Bear Brigade. We're presented by Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Find us on social media at Dudes Watch Stuff. Don't forget those flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps other people find our show. We appreciate it. If you had fun, please remember to give us that thumb. Again, thank you very much for checking us out. I'm Megan Mills. He's a soup deucer. And remember, you either fork or you get forked. I've been forked before, man. But have you been sporked? Yeah. <laughs>